Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chat Noir, Mystery and Suspense. I'm Linda Kozar, your host, and I will be interviewing my friend, author Carla Hoke. Today, hello. you'll learn how to fight. <laughs> hello. <laughs> you'll learn how to write, fight right, or make your characters fight right. And you will certainly get a kick out of our guest. She's funny, but don't mess with her because she will kick the smile off your face six ways to Sunday. <laughs> so put up your dukes Probably and not. get ready to learn the ways of the warrior because you've been doing it all Amen. up until today. Now, bow oh, my your gosh. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, So welcome, Carla. Welcome to Thank Chat you. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm going to read a little of your bio because the bio on her oh, blog, gosh. the Red Riding Hood blog, she's the blogette. Um, it's my favorite bio ever. It really is out of all the bios I've read. And I do teach a lesson on writing bios and I always do bring this you? one up. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. I, I um, didn't know that. I'm going to okay. read it. Oh yeah, I do. Um, moments before the destruction of her home planet, Carla's parents jettisoned her and her twin brother to earth. He was taken in by a kindly farmer in Kansas while she was embraced by a rather liberal clutter of feral cats in Houston, Texas. While still a toddler, (laughs) she bid farewell to her feline family and headed to Pace, Florida, a small hamlet just outside Pensacola. There she raised herself in a hollowed out tree trunk and taught herself to speak fluent Southern, right out of hurricane like a pro, and tell the difference between Coke and Pepsi by fizz alone. That's a skill. As an adult, she fulfilled the dream of all feral cats and became a Spanish teacher and track coach. After nearly a decade in the classroom, she met a military cyborg who, okay, my page stuck together. (laughs) And whisked her away to such exotic locations as Virginia and New Mexico. Now a mother of twins herself. She and her husband have returned to the People's Holy Republic of Texas and reside not far from where her pod originally landed. Okay, and besides that, Carla is an author whose debut book is coming out in June. It's published by Writer's Digest. It's called Fight Right. And if you go to Amazon right now, you can pre-order it. Yes, I have You can pre-order it. I strongly advise every writer or would-be writer to get this source book. It is going to be very important to you, trust me. You refer to it many times if you ever write a fight scene in a book. What are the odds? I hope so. And the cover is so cool. I really love it. I love everything about it. I'm glad you do. And about fighting, go to her Red Riders 
Red Riders Hood. Fight. Go, yeah, but go to you Fight Right. Like Red Riding Hood. Red Riders Hood. That's, that's like. Fight Right. That's okay. The, yeah, Fight Right. F-I-G-H-T-W-R-I-T-E. Fight Right. Okay. Go yeah, there. Yeah, Red Riders Hood is like my old Google blog name. But I'm not tech savvy okay. enough to know how to change it, Linda. You know that. <laughs> Okay, well, you can go to both and you'd still be entertained. But Fight Right is the one about fighting. So uh, also, if you want to see Carla teach or demonstrate, um, she will be teaching a class in New York City. There's a conference in August. Do you know the exact date in August? Offhand? Um, It's... 23rd, 24th, 25th, I think, in August, yeah. Okay. They can look I it think. Up. Yeah. Um, but yeah. anyway, and she, you also have an article coming out in Writer's Digest as well. I um, do, in their magazine. Huh? I believe it's their August issue. I don't know if they do, like, two, um, an issue that's, like, August, September, or July, August, but I know August is on the cover written somewhere. Okay. That's all well, if you can yeah. read her article and go to the conference, great. If you can just go to the conference or just read the article, do it. Um, okay. I'm going to start off with, you are a wee pixie of a woman. How did you get started with mixed martial arts fighting? I mean, because oh I've gosh. seen you do it, and you're just a beast. Um. I started, I was going to write, my kids were at a little Taekwondo school and I noticed they had self-defense there and I needed to write a fight scene for a book I was writing at the time. This is about eight years ago now. How long have y'all known you? It's been about eight years, right? Uh, It seems about about that long. Okay. Yeah. And um, so I thought, well, I'll go to the self-defense class. It'll help me figure out how to write a fight scene. And I... It, I was too scared to join the first class, so I just kind of watched because it was very Thunderdome, and I thought, I don't want any part of that. I had always been a runner. I did triathlons, and so I was very much um, a flyer, not a fighter. If the zombies came, I was good. I didn't have to be the fastest. I just had to be faster <laughs> than the person next to me, and so I was good. Um, but I went to self-defense, and I it, it scared me a lot, and I cried a lot, and that's not a joke. Uh, I did cry, and um, but I kept going until I quit crying about it, and um, after a while, the the teacher of the self-defense class said you know we do MMA training here and I said okay he said you should come to class I said I can't do that and he goes sure you can I said no so of course me thinking I couldn't do it then I knew I had to do it and then it was a lot like self-defense I (laughs) cried a lot I threw up I would measure how hard the class was by how many times I threw up in my mouth and I'm not joking um and i I just kind of fell in love with it. I thought, you know what, I I like this stuff. And and um, from MMA, I kind of focused on some individual things. Um, I really like Muay Thai, and I did Muay Thai-style kickboxing. And um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu was hands down my favorite of the different things that we did. And, and that's been one that has really stuck hard with me. I've toyed around with another few things. I'm doing judo as well right now, which I do enjoy do, judo a lot. 
But um, jujitsu, you know, whatever your build is, that's that's your gift. And so, if you're a tall, lanky person, then then that's your thing on the mat. If you're a if you're a wee person, then that's your thing on the mat. And I just I absolutely love it. Now you you also did um, hapkido. Did I pronounce that right? <laughs> yeah. Well, the yes. Um, the self defense class that I started with uh, hapkido h Hapkido and Aikido are spelled very similarly, and it's because they have the same roots. There's H-A-P-K-I-D-O, that's the that's Korean, but I also did Aikido, A-I-K-I-D-O. And there are a few differences between them. Aikido is um, based on always having a weapon in your hand, uh, a katana or some type of blade in your hand. So basically all That's the like Eastman and Morgan. Exactly. That's what Eastman taught Morgan, right? Yes, Morgan does Aikido. Yes, it is the gentle it. way. It is, it is not. Um, it is a defensive art. It's like you don't put it to them until they put it to you, so they ask for it. And Aikido, you can basically say, "Hey, if somebody did Aikido on you, you asked for it." Nobody's <laughs> going to jump out of the bushes and do it. That's just not how Aikido works. It is a very peaceful art. So, but yeah, like um, Morgan has, uh, there's a bow staff. I think Morgan used a bow staff. The one I like is a little bit on the shorter side. It's called a Joe staff. Um, And it's about four feet tall. So, but yeah, that's one of my favorite Mm. weapons. The Joe staff. Yeah. Cool. Well, I always love seeing it on the show. Um, I know. What are you concentrating on now? Which mixed martial art? Um, primarily Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, primarily Um, it's, it's the one, yeah, that's my favorite. And it, and it may be just because I've concentrated more on it specifically. So I'm better at it. And the better you are at something, the more you're going to enjoy it. You know, you don't enjoy anything until you get some proficiency at it. Um, but I also do judo. Uh, I try to do it twice a week, definitely once a week, uh, twice a week, but, uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is just, I, I throw in some kickboxing when I can, but Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is just the one that is stuck in my crawl, as they say. It's stuck. <laughs> now, now you and I met, I guess, eight years ago. I think we figured that out. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, when I was doing, um, I used to do these events, meet the Christian authors events um, at churches and at um, Barnes right. & Noble stores. And right. uh, it was one in Champions forest um in texas uh where we Mm -hmm. uh we had a meet the christian authors event and you were uh, the uh store manager lillian right um asked you to be a part of it yeah yeah Yeah. great woman uh we love her and um you know i didn't know you so i said i had to meet you first because i had to know all the authors who were in it you know of course and um And I read your book, Breaking Read, and I really loved it. I mean, you, you needed some serious editing as part of it, but yes. the talent was yes. there, and it was big talent, and I knew well, it. thank you. And I told you that, I think, if I remember. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, if the writing is compelling enough, uh, the editing is gingerbread, because the only people who really care about that stuff are other writers. <laughs> the readers will well, you know eat what? it up if it's a great story. That's true. But it's something I have found after being, you know, thrown headlong into the writing world through Writer's Digest, which, don't you want to talk about a high bar, they're going to set the bar high. 
Um, is, <laughs> yeah. man, editors are the unsung heroes. Editors are the best writers yes. in the world. Yes. So, and I didn't really have. They make your writing. Yes. Yeah. Look, yeah, they make they make you so much. But they make people think you are so much better than you are, <laughs> don't they? Don't I mean, they? I appreciate it, but but you know, if the story isn't good, no editor can resurrect it. You know, they can't do yeah. a thing with it. So the writing has to be right. good to begin with. Yes, right. And so you were there, and anyway, so that's where we met, and we just kind of hung out ever since then. You know? Yeah, we had it um, all pretty good, I'd say. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So um, tell us what you're going to be teaching at the Writer's Digest Conference in August. And are you going to um, demonstrate some of the moves Yeah, that, you know, most often um, that writers would use? Yes, absolutely. Well, I generally have two programs. One's called Practical and one is called Tactical. The practical program is about the craft side of writing fight scenes. Um, a lot of things that you need to consider before you actually start writing a fight scene, things that you may think, ah, you know, I didn't know that really impacted. One that, um, I, you know, I always ask writers, well, tell me about where they're fighting. And they tell me about the planet or, or whatever. I, I work a lot with, um, you know, fantasy, sci-fi, speculative fiction kind of people. And so, you know, they'll tell me about the planet and the surrounding, you know, and I'm like, no, literally, like, look around the room or look around the 15 feet where they're fighting and tell me what's around them. It's little things like that that I thought, oh, well, I guess I never, you know, thought about that. Um, little things like that about the importance of, you know, focusing on an injury. Every fighter, their goal is injury. No fighter gets in a cage and just wants to, you know, give somebody a hard tongue lashing and really lower their self-esteem. They mean to go in there and put a hurt on somebody, and they do that with, okay, I want to, I'd like to knock him out. I would like to submit him. I would, but that's all based on an injury, and so that's kind of what you work toward. So if you have a character that's going to punch somebody, they're going to move very different than someone who's going to stab somebody, and two people in a nice fight are going to be moving different than somebody in a nice attack. So you have to consider exactly what wound. Yeah. Go ahead. What well, I, I was saying, and if, then the you're, second if one, you're just fighting ahead. someone, if you're just fighting someone and you, you know, they, you know them and you know they're not going to kill you, that would be one kind of adrenaline. But if you knew someone was trying to kill you, wouldn't the, uh, like, adrenaline kick in and you'd kind of have more of a superhuman strength or, or not feel pain as well, much? you know, it just so happens I have a whole section in my book on adrenaline. And adrenaline <laughs> is adrenaline no matter what. Your body doesn't know the difference oh, I lost in somebody you a sneaking I don't know what up. Happened. <laughs> oh, are you here? You hear me? Yeah, yeah. I just hear lost me now? you for a second. I don't know why. Okay. Yeah, I can hear okay, you. Okay, your body, uh, I do have a chapter in the book on adrenaline, and your body doesn't know the difference in somebody, you know, jumping out and giving you a hard scare, boo, and a bear chasing you. It doesn't, um, I had right. back surgery, and, and the, doctor, the doctor said, well, this is hard on your adrenal system. And I said, why? He goes, Carl, your body doesn't understand it's healing from surgery. As far as it knows, it's running from a bear. I was like, well, that's a very cool point. So it's not so much wow. the adrenaline is different. And adrenaline doesn't make you superhuman. It, it just gives you access to ability you had all that time. You just, your body just kept it in reserve. What is different Well, you just hear about people who pick up a car. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know. I have I have something yeah. in that. I have something in the book on that too. Um 
but it's the stakes that are different. So, you know, if you and your sister, like my sister and I, if we're pushing and shoving, well, the stakes are going to be a little bit different than if it's a stranger somewhere. And I feel like my life is at stake with my sister. Right. You know, I know she's not going to kill me in theory. There have been times I have wondered, <laughs> but in theory, she's not going to kill me. And so I'm not going to up the stakes as much as I would with the complete stranger. So, and that goes to back to why you're fighting, which is something you really need to consider before the fight scene. You know why I'm fighting my sister? Okay. She's going to say this is a lie, but it's true. We got in a fist fight over the movie Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. She was in college and I was in high school, and I know that's stupid, but I, I, put, I, I forget which one of us kept putting it in the VCR, which dates me. That'll tell you how old I am. And one of us is like, we're going to watch it, and the other is like, we're not going to watch it. And she punched me. And, boy, I will tell you what, she cold-talked me. Well, it was, it was done. She's going to say it's a lie. But I lived it. I lived it so I know it. Well, you know, All it was over done. Chitty, it was Chitty over it. Mm. I'm saying. <laughs> so um, it's the stakes that are different and why you're fighting is, is, is really important. Why you're fighting tells the reader what's at stake here. So, yeah, but as right. far as adrenaline, and, um, your body doesn't differentiate so much. Wow, that's interesting. Um, yeah. So what's the most outlandish, unreal fight scene that you've read or seen in a movie? Oh, my gosh. You know, I get asked this all the time, and I should have a better answer. I will say <laughs> that a, a, a trope that I'm sick of, I'm using that correctly, right? Trope is something that's used over and oh, over and yeah, over trope. again. That's right. Definitely. Okay. okay. Definitely. Um, a trope I'm sick of is seeing people lift up. And you know what? I, I have a friend who has yes. this in her book, and, I, and I'm so sorry. I, I love her. She knows I do, and I read it, and she asked me about it, and I said, that's not a thing because I tried it at the gym. I know what you're talking lifting about. I know exactly what you're going to say. Lifting somebody up by their neck and talking to them. Yes. Okay. Yes. If you're Darth Vader, sure. If you're Darth Vader, Sure. But still, the person that you're lifting up, your body is not, your head is not meant to hold that kind of weight. They're not Mm going to be talking, you know. So Mm -hmm. if it's between humans, that's just not a thing. It's just not going to happen. So I do get, I get tired of that. I get tired of seeing scenes where suddenly everybody's Bruce Lee. Everybody becomes a ninja (laughs) where they can do these wild, crazy kicks. You're not going to see a bar fight and people doing wild, crazy kicks. It, well, number one, you don't have room for it. Number two, you don't want to put yourself on one foot, if at all possible. Even flamingos fight on two feet. Okay? So you want to keep a solid ground. Um, another one is, oh, like 15 against one. You know what? If it's not in the Marvel oh, yeah. universe, that's probably not going to happen. Well, so, you know, if everybody's like a ninja, nobody's a ninja, you know? I mean, it, it takes Linda, away that's the... that's the deepest thing I have ever heard you say. That is deep. <laughs> if everybody's a ninja, nobody's a... That is deep. I'm going to write that down. I'm going to have a, t-shirt, to a fight it. right t-shirt. I need a fight right yeah. t-shirt because if we're all ninjas, none of us are ninjas. <laughs> none of us are ninjas. <laughs> none of us Feel are ninjas. Feel free. Feel that's free. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, so... um. You know, my my beef was with Atomic Blonde because it seemed like all the fights 
all the fight scenes in that just seem so crazy, you know. And then she was um, the the hero is always impervious. They they look wounded, but you know they have oh injuries yep. from all the stuff, and you know they wouldn't be functioning, you know. Well, that's like the stormtroopers are the worst shooters on the planet. But, you know, Han Solo can hit you while, you know, through a piece of Swiss cheese while he's jumping. Yes, that drives me crazy. It also drives me crazy (laughs) to have somebody beat up. I mean, beat up hard. And then the next scene, they've got a black eye, but basically they're fine. That is not how that works. You get up the next morning hurting all, even if you're the one doing the punching. If you're the one doing the punching, you're sore too. People don't know that. You're sore, too, if you're the one doing oh, the punching. I remember, I even forget what movie it is, but it was with Sylvester Stallone, and they took a sledgehammer, and they dropped it on both of his feet, one at a time. So, Oh, my gosh. walked away, uh, uh, leaning on his girlfriend, now. of course. But Well, yeah. Yeah. What movie was yeah. that? I can't remember. I mean, I don't mean to, but, you know, I, I don't I mean thought, to brag, but I've seen all of those movies. No. Yeah, no I, way. I, I forget which one those, but there's no way he would have walked away from that. No. Um, okay. Absolutely well, not. The time, we only have 10 minutes left. Gosh. Okay. Um, okay. All right. I wanted to, like in, in mystery writers and suspense writers, you know, there's a lot of um, fighty, killy, stabby stuff. And, um, yes. or maybe, or maybe it's after, you know, so in suspense, yeah, but you know, in mysteries, eh, maybe it's after, you know, you yeah. can find out who the killer is. Maybe the killer chases you or comes after you. Um, I've gotten rid of a lot of people in books and in, in different ways from poison, and tent, MSG, a nail gun, a shovel. Um, Ooh. So what are some odd weapons that you can think of that, you know, I'm, I'm going to name a few. Um, well, I'm going to name well, a few, and you tell me if you think go. you could fight someone with these. Okay. Go. Um, I'm going to say no to every could one you... of them, by the way. <laughs> I'm going to say no to all of them, but could, go ahead. Could you use a marshmallow as a weapon? Could you Absolutely. think of a way? Absolutely. Like because a bag so that, of marshmallows one of those... or just one? No, I think if you get one of those big hearty ones, if you shove it down somebody's windpipe, I mean, granted, you're going to have to stuff your hand in their throat. But sure, you can oh, choke somebody yeah. on that. Or if they are diabetic. Yeah, if they're oh, strict diabetic, you could raise time. their insulin. and Yeah. This hard well, on the okay. spot. The quickest, what about... The... That would be... Well, it would take a little time, though, wouldn't it? For what, with a marshmallow? To... Mm-hmm. Hey, you didn't say it had to be quick. You want quick? Okay. Or do you want, <laughs> what do you want? The quickest way is to shove right. it down their throat and choke them. Okay, what about, okay, um, uh, what about a flip-flop? You know, they always say beware the chancla. Usually it's your, you know, the, the grandma beating <laughs> you with her flip-flop. <laughs> Could you kill somebody with a flip-flop? Um, Could you do I'm some damage? Say, yeah. Could you use it as a weapon? Okay. Absolutely. If you All take right. off the um, the toe that the strap part portion, you could choke somebody with it. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay, yeah. I think about that. Yeah. Um, not just your grandma, you know, hitting you with the chain. No. Okay. Um, that's right. An unsharpened pencil. 
Oh, my gosh. Well, you could shove it through their eye. If you shoved it hard enough, I don't know that it would kill somebody because I have seen x-rays of people with all manner of things stuck through their skull. But let's say in theory, through the ocular cavity into the brain, yes. Yeah, because I've seen movies where they take a stiletto heel and put that through an eye and kill someone. You know, which is well, yeah. I don't know if a stiletto is long enough. I don't know if a stiletto is long enough, but in theory, if you mess up the brain hard enough, sure. I'm going to say plausible. I'll give that a plausible. Okay. Um, How about a boiled egg? I'm going to see choke. That's another one you'd have to stick down somebody's throat. That would choke better than a marshmallow. Okay. All right, now, okay, here's some other ones. How would you how would you fight a werewolf? Okay, all right, a werewolf. Well, are we under the assumption that there's no silver bullets or all that kind of stuff? Uh, well, this with. would be, um, well, the silver bullet, you know, what if you didn't have a silver bullet? You know, what if you just okay, had so a we're, regular? Okay, so we're not going to do the basic old school silver bullet. Okay, you, you ran Here out. Something... You ran. You used it on the last one. <laughs> okay, okay. This is something that I tell authors too. Quit trying to beat things and just aim to best them. I am not going to beat a werewolf, but I can best him. And the way I can best Ooh. him is climbing is climbing through to a small area that he can't fit his big body into. Oh. So, okay. Yeah. Or that I can lock sense. myself in a yeah. cell. Lock myself in a cell. He can't get to me. So it's not that I'm going to kill him, but if he can't get to me, I win come sun up. That's how I feel. Okay. What about a robot? What about a robot? Oh yeah. Okay. Well tell me about the robot. What's its job? Um, I guess it's sort of like an Android killer robot. Okay. So we're talking about an Android. Yeah. So like Bishop. Bishop or David on on, yeah. on Alien. And, yeah. Okay. All right. I have this in the book too, by the way. Androids yes. are going to they're going to be human enough that you can do certain their their body balance is human enough. They may be a little heavier than humans, but they're not going to be so heavy they can't use human furniture because they have to live in a human world. Um their head is not going to be able to turn all the way around because of the skin, you know, the mock skin that they have on them. To best an mm-hmm. android, you are going to want to attack its joint, not because you're going to kill it, but it will hinder its mobility. So let's say that I have a lead pipe. Um, mm-hmm. I am going to try to hit it in the knees. I'm going to try to hit it in the throat. Again, not because it's going to kill it. I've got to best it. I've got to hinder its mobility. If I damage the eyes, then the robot can't take in any visual sensory information. So, mm. um, and I've also in the book got some judo throws that are actually pretty, that are okay for um, androids. So you can, the key is distance. You guys can't get its hands on you. Okay, I like so, that. I like that. Okay, yeah. we have three minutes left. Um, oh my god! I always loved in um, Goldfinger. That's a lot. That's an old James Bond. Goldfinger. I remember that. 
It opens up with the hat. coated in gold on the bed, doesn't it? Yes, yes. And he yeah. took off his bowler hat, and it had a razor edge on yeah. it, and he could decapitate yeah. somebody with it. So yeah, that's called a that fire happen? ring. That's a real weapon. Oh, yeah, that's okay. based on a real uh, weapon. I can't remember <gasps> if it's Persian or if it's wow. Malaysian, but, yeah, it's, I think it's called a fire ring. I'm not sure. But yeah, they made it on Forged in Fire one time. Wow. So, yeah, okay. that's a thing. That's cool. Um, okay, cool. so so what else would you like to tell us in our last, we only have like two minutes, less than two minutes. Ah, well, what did I say? <laughs> tell us about uh, what authors could get out of having a copy of Fight Right, besides what the obvious stuff I said that, you know, it's going to be um, a must-have, a source book, you know, for anyone well, who's writing. It, well, it's not just about punching and kicking. It's every aspect of fighting. It's the physical aspect as far as how it affects the body internally and externally, what it does to, the, uh, to a person mentally. So we're looking at the psychology, the physiology of fighting. There is also um, stages of death. There are common injuries. There are effects of poison on the body. The book is in five rounds, and round one is things to consider before you write. Round two is just what you bring to the table as a human being in fighting. Round three, uh, fighting styles. Round four is different types of weaponry. And round five has to do with injury and stages of death. So even if you're a mystery writer who doesn't have a fight in your book, but you need to be able to touch, your character has to touch a corpse and know how long it's been dead, hey, I got that in the book. Well, so. I, you know what? I just feel like I, we've been in the ring for 30 minutes now. <laughs> we have. We have. So thanks for being on the show, Carla. I'm going to have you back because we only Thank touched you, the Linda. surface of the things I want to I know. ask you. So I know. until then. Bye. Kill that music. Whatever. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye.